Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her, so he approached her, grasped her hand and helped her up. Then the fever left her and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill and possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered by, at the door. He cured many who were sick with various disease, diseases and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Children can come up for a children's homily if they like. Do you have any young children under the age of 12 like to come up for a children's homily? Oh, come on up. That's right. You're not in trouble even just because the priest asked you to come on up. All right, yeah. I think you may be the only one, so this makes it simple. Here, we can have a seat here on the floor. There we go. Now, what is this? A it's a Band-Aid, but it's a special Band-Aid, isn't it? Can you see his pictures on it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a Jesus Band-Aid. It's got pictures of Jesus there. Y'all can see that. And sometimes, you ever, you ever fell down, scraped your knee, or scraped up your hand? And I bet your mommy put something like this on it, doesn't it? Yeah, this is like a healing ointment. That's right. It says polysporin in Greek. That means healing ointment. And so she puts a healing ointment on it and then put a Band-Aid on, right? You can have that if you want. Anyway, the next time you get a scrape, you can put a Jesus Band-Aid on it. Well, today's gospel is about healing. Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, and then he goes on to heal a bunch of other people. Because Jesus likes us to be well. He likes to heal us. He likes to watch out for us. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in the homily, okay? You listen about that. Listen about healing. All right. God bless you. Go back to your parents. Thanks for coming down. So as I mentioned, this homily begins with the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. By the way, is anyone following the, the series The Chosen on YouTube? Anybody watching that, following that? It's well worth watching. Watch The Chosen. Uh, just go to YouTube and type in The Chosen, and you'll get a lot of different options for a bunch of things called The Chosen. But this is, this is the life story of Jesus. And instead of being like a movie, you know, there are lots of movies about Jesus. I have to admit, I've been watching movies about Jesus since Cecil B. DeMille's silent version of the greatest story ever told. But there are lots of movies about Jesus. And, but this is different because it's so long. It's a series. So they're like in, in 45 or 50 minute segments and, and it goes on and on and on. So you spend more time with each, with each scene from the gospel and I really like it. And they do a great job. They get the culture right in most places. But this is, the reason I mentioned is, is this, this gospel story reminds me because uh, there's, a, there's a really 
fun scene where Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. And we all know that St. Peter was married, um, but this is a very international cast, and Peter's wife is played by an Irish girl. Now, I always knew Peter was married, but I didn't know he was married to an Irish girl. So we all learn something new when we, uh, when we take time to study, but the, the Chosen, it's free, it's on YouTube, and uh, there's some fundraising in that, and you can watch that, or, and you can contribute, or you can fast forward, it's up to you. But anyway, it's, um, it's a great little series. I do highly recommend it. So let's talk about this, this gospel. Jesus comes into Peter's house and his mother-in-law is ill, so he heals her. And then they start bringing more and more people to Jesus. The whole village shows up. So the whole village is, is scattered around the doorway and Jesus is teaching and he's healing people. Jesus was in the healing business. And after... After this episode, then he goes on, right? And he finds others that he prays for. He, he continues to speak in throughout the village or all around Galilee. And he teaches the word of God and he heals people. And then, of course, he gives his apostles authority to heal. And, he, and on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends and the whole church is given the authority to heal. Because the church is the body of Christ. Jesus' healing ministry doesn't stop. Just because he's ascended into heaven through this church, this healing ministry continues to spread throughout the earth, even to places like this. So with that in mind, I want to tell you a story about a relatively new saint, in the brother Andre Bessette. Um, from Montreal, Canada, he died in 1937, so he's actually a 20th century saint. And he was uh, born in Canada, a very sickly child. And, uh, but he really loved God. And he was always trying to get to you know, go to church as much as possible so he could pray. And he, when he grew up, got older, he wanted to become a Holy Cross father. He wanted to join the Holy Cross fathers. And so he went to join their monastery, and they wouldn't have him. He was, he was too sickly and weak. They didn't want sickly, weak people to be uh, members of the monastery there. They wanted people who were strong enough to contribute and uh, hopefully to go on to become priests. And he didn't have the uh, mental or physical ca uh, capability to go be a priest. So they rejected him. They sent him away. But he kept persisting, and he got the archbishop to write a letter of recommendation to him. And so they finally relented, allowed him to joy as a lay brother. Never allowed him to become a priest, but they allowed him to join as a lay brother. And when he got there, they gave him his job, and his job was to be the doorman. So he became the doorman of the Holy Cross Monastery in Montreal. And so he would open the door for guests and for visitors, people coming to make retreats. He would, you know, always let them in. And if they had luggage, he'd help them with their, their luggage. And he had a really strong devotion to St. Joseph. Now, today, this is the year of St. Joseph, so we're thinking about St. Joseph. And he had a very strong devotion to St. Joseph. And whenever somebody showed up at the monastery who was sick or infirm, he would pray for them, ask St. Joseph to intercede for their healing. And amazingly, people started being healed. Again and again, people were recording, Brother, you know, Brother Andre prayed for me, and I was healed. In fact, throughout his life, there are over 1,000 recorded healings 
by the prayers of Brother Andre as he asked St. He always said, I don't heal anybody. I just ask St. Joseph. He does all the work. We had this strong devotion to St. Joseph. And of course, there are many who called him, called him a charlatan, said he was just trying to make a name for himself. But he was a very humble man. And he was always trying to serve. And he stood there at the door. And when the sick people came, he asked St. Joseph to pray for them. And many were healed. Because Jesus' healing ministry doesn't stop just because he ascends into heaven. He continues to heal through the ministry of his body, the church. Jesus used to go about and lay hands on people, and they would recover. And now, as his body, the church, our hands become Christ's gloves through which that he can put on and reach out and touch people and bring healing to them. And they're interesting that there have been a number of scientific studies about the effects of prayer on healing. Actually, the first one I ever became aware of was in 1984 the Southern, in the Southern Medical Journey Journal. They reported an incident where in a hospital at the cardiac, in the cardiac wing, they decided to have a little experiment. So they took half the people who were there in the cardiac wing and they assigned people to pray for them. So at certain hours of the day, these people would go and pray for half the people. They go down to the chapel and pray and then the other half weren't getting prayed for, at least not by members of the staff. But what they discovered was that the half that received prayer, they recovered more quickly, noticeably more quickly. And they had a lower incidence of recidivism, which I still can't say. But anyway, they didn't come back as often. They stayed healthier because they had received prayer. You see, the presence of the Holy Spirit is a healing presence. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, there is healing. Now, there have been many, various, many attempts to re reproduce that study, and some have been very successful and some have not been successful. If you read the studies, it's very obvious why some aren't successful, because in some studies they try so carefully to protect the identity of the people being prayed for, they don't give uh, the people who are praying for them the names or the correct illness, so um, there's a lack of emotional connection. You know, the scripture says it's the fervent prayer of a righteous person that avails much. And there needs to be an emotional connection for prayer to have its full impact, its full effect on people. But this was interesting. The University of Indiana completed a study. They were interested in the relationship between proximity and prayer. They call it proximal prayer. There's actually a medical term for laying hands on the sick, right? It's called proximal prayer. And so what they did was they tested several people with issues with their eyesight and with their hearing. And people prayed for them. This is this the old-fashioned lay hands on the sick. They hold their hands or they touch their shoulder, whatever. They, they touch them. There's their proximal prayer. And as they touched them and prayed for them, they discovered that 80% showed recognizable improvement in their eyesight and their hearing. I think they chose those two um, issues because it's so easy to test. You could give somebody a hearing test and you wouldn't know what their hearing level is pretty easily. But they discovered that 80% of people showed 
noticeable improvement through proximal prayer. And now this is one more interesting study, and I'll, I'll quit telling you about studies. The University of Texas, I think they just finished this study long, last year, is a long-term study on the effects of church attendance and longevity. Did you know that people who attend church live longer than people who don't attend church? And interestingly, in the study, the more often you go to church, the longer you will live. In fact, those who attend church regularly will, will live 20% longer than people who don't attend church. That's amazing. That's incredible. Because the Holy Spirit's presence is a healing presence. See, so often when we think of healing, we think of the dramatic, uh, amazing miracles where uh, people are dramatically and instantaneously healed. Well, I'll tell you, in my, in my ministry, I've noticed that very seldom. It's very seldom, this, this huge miracle. I think that's why we call it miracles, right? Because they don't happen very often. But I have noticed that there is a consistent positive effect of prayer in healing and on those who are sick. Now, there are a lot of skeptics with healing and prayer, but I've noticed that people who are skeptical when they're sick, they're asking people to pray for them. It's like the old saying, there's no, there's no such thing as, a, uh, as an atheist in a foxhole. I've been in a few foxholes, and that's absolutely true. There are no atheists in, in foxholes. I guarantee you that. But people desire to be prayed for. And when their loved ones are sick, they want to pray, and they want to have other people praying for them. And that's our job. That's our job as the body of Christ to be continuing the healing ministry of Jesus. And I want to offer a few counsels about doing that when you're in search of healing. And the very first one is this. Seek the healer, not the healing. Seek the giver, not the gift. Don't try to boss Jesus around and say, you better heal me or I'll stop believing you. I'll stop going, I'll stop going to church. I'll stop this or that. Don't try to boss Jesus around. That's called putting the Lord to the test and scripture is not uh, in favor of that. No, seek Jesus. Jesus' presence is healing. Seek the presence of Jesus in your life, in your body, in your thoughts, in your minds, and allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to be inside of you. And that presence will bring healing into your body. So you don't have to seek to be healed. Just seek the presence of God and healing will come. Second counsel, always come to Jesus humbly. Always come humbly. Remember the Canaanite woman? who wanted uh, Jesus to pray for her daughter. And she, and she asked Jesus, she says, even the dogs are allowed to gather the crumbs from their father's table. Come with humility to Jesus. And Jairus, the Roman centurion who asked Jesus to, to heal his servant and asked to heal his slave. And Jesus says, okay, I'll come pray for him. And, and Jairus said, no, don't. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. We repeat his words every day in Mass. Jesus, speak the word, and we will be healed. Speak the word. And that's the third thing. Listen to the word. Listen for the word of Jesus in your life. Listen for the word of Jesus as he guides and directs, as he leads us into deeper love for God and love for our neighbor. 
And remember that Christ's word is healing. How many times Jesus says the word and healing comes. And then the word became flesh. And then his flesh became bread and wine for us. The Eucharist, the table of the Eucharist is a healing table. The ministry of the Eucharist is in itself healing by the presence of the word of God. So when we come to God with humility, seeking his face, desiring his presence, receiving his Eucharist, worshiping him, allow the Holy Spirit's presence to come and bring healing to us. Now there are three things that can happen when you pray for healing. And one is you can be healed or the person you're praying for can be instantly and miraculously healed. But I want to share with you that that's rare. But a lot of times we, someone asks us to pray for them and we don't take them by the hand and pray for them. We will we'll promise to pray and maybe we'll say, maybe we'll lift them up in our morning or evening prayer time. And, and that's good. But you know, we can be the hands of Christ in the world. We can take people by the hand when they ask for prayer and pray for them. And not to be embarrassed if there's not some immediate miracle. I mean, I think that's our problem. We're afraid we're going to pray and nothing's going to happen and we'll be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. It usually doesn't work that way. You know, when you look at the, the studies that we've talked about, there's a slow, gentle, healing presence of the Holy Spirit that starts to speak health into people. And that's the second thing that can happen. Rather than an instant miraculous healing, the Holy Spirit guides people on a journey of healing. That will involve, of course, medical assistance and learning how to have proper nutrition, eat right, exercise, rest. Those are all things that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into doing. But the Holy Spirit can lead individuals on a journey of healing. It, takes, it can take time. But it's no less an act of God if the Holy Spirit guides us on a journey of healing. And the third thing that can happen you can get worse. You can pray for healing and get sicker. Remember brother Andre? He was so sickly and weak they didn't want to bring him into the monastery. He never got better. He was sickly and weak his entire life. He carried that burden, sharing in the suffering of Christ so that through his prayer, God could bring redemption to people redemption to souls. You see, when we carry that suffering of Christ within us, Christ will use our weakness to prove his strength and power in the world. And brother Andre, who himself was never healed, healed hundreds, prayed for hundreds or not thousands and brought healing into their lives. Even our beloved St. Paul, he had a physical ailment, which he referred to as a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what that was, but he prayed over and over again for God to heal him. And God always said the same thing. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. I am made strong in man's weakness. And so St. Paul, for all of he accomplished, he had to carry this own, his own infirmity as a share in the suffering of Christ. So whether your people are miraculously healed or slowly healed or whether 
God ordains that they share in his sufferings. The issue here is the same. The accomplishment is the same. That Christ brings healing to the nations. Our role as the church is to participate in the healing that Christ brings to the nations. And when we submit ourselves to God, when we allow Jesus to use our hands as his gloves to hold someone's hand and pray for them, or to, I get to anoint them with oil and bless and pray for God's healing on them. Jesus is lifted up. Jesus is lifted up. And when Christ's presence is lifted up, his healing virtue flows. For our job is to be his body in this earth at this time. That in this earth and at this time, we become the body of Christ to bring forth God's word and to share his healing grace with all.